welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Street Broker. Here with me today, longtime sidekick partner, Turner T.P. Peterson. Good to be here. Good to be here. Glad to have you. It's a drinking sport. We're drinking. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So this is this is gonna be a very, very fun episode here as we dive into all the many dregs that we live through in, in this industry. And so Turner and I are partners for for a long time and before I really kind of stepped out of brokerage and passed the torch to him for yeah. the the hollow. <laughs> so but um Turner, let's just let's get your background real quick and then we'll 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 dive into many of things. Sure. So, yeah. So. Well, uh, grew up kind of all over the place, military family. Yep. Ended up in Oklahoma City when I was younger, about 12 years old or so, and then uh, went to high school there, hopped on down to Rice University, played a little ball, and then uh, came up to Dallas, was kind of bouncing around, didn't really know what I was doing, and got a call from Jeff Mercer one day, and said, would you like to real estate? And I said, yeah, let's do it. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hot second. Okay. You had a hot second in the in the league, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, very hot second. Okay. <laughs> you know, because you came up to Mercer Company to interview, yeah. and you were swollen like a balloon <laughs> at that time. How much did you weigh then? Uh, 245, 250? Yeah, every bit of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a big old boy. Yeah, you were. You were you were jacked up. Yeah. And um you interviewed with us. I did, yeah. So I, I came up <laughs> probably got every answer wrong that Jeff <laughs> asked me. Um but you know, I think overall felt like, you know, maybe there's a fit. Yeah. And Jeff was like, You wanna come to work? And I kinda told him, you know, I w- I'd like to chase this dream. I'm still trying to play ball, get healthy. And I realistically had another probably a year of training, traveling. Because you had torn your ACL in yeah. your senior year. Yep. In your last game? Yeah, senior night before we went and played. Uh, in the bowl game. Yeah, we had a conference championship okay. and then bowl game. But you didn't get to play in the conference championship because you blew your knee. Like literally like walking into the end zone, right? Or something? Yeah, it was like I was out blocking on the perimeter and play was over and I stopped. And there it went. So. <laughs> I don't know if that's a testament to my athleticism or <laughs> it's a testament to turf. I think, honestly, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was some old turf for yeah. sure. But yeah, just kind of a freak deal that Ugh. kind of changed the trajectory of things. But, yeah, yeah. So it was cool, you know. I, I said to Jeff, you know, I, I don't know that I'm done. I, I might be, but I'm kind of still chasing this thing. And he's like, "You got to run that dry. Yeah, you got to go pursue that. Yeah." So. He pretty much said, "Hey, this will be here when you're done. Yeah, give me a call. Yeah, so so then you leave Dallas, leave Dallas. Yeah, I go train. Uh, I'm in uh, I'm in Tampa for probably six or seven months training out in um, Sarasota. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, we use the IMG facilities to train regularly down there. There's yeah. a great trainer. Um, did that, and then um, came back here." Needed to make a little money, so I was working f- as a landman for a oil and gas company out of Oklahoma City. Good family friend, yeah. Um, and training here in Dallas, and then went back to Tampa 
for many camps after the draft. I uh, didn't get drafted or anything like that. Yeah. Had bounced around to a few spots before then, but Tampa was probably the best bet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after a short weekend there, came back and I was like, I just, I think that's it. I think that's it. But you did, you do have a claim to fame. Uh, the catch? The catch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, that is, yeah. I guess there is a, yeah, I caught Jameis Winston's first pass in the NFL. Yeah. And now if he was, you know, NFL MVP, that'd probably be pretty dope. Well, he's playing now. <laughs> he got yeah. thrown in the game the other day. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, he was a character, man. Yeah. It was, uh, it was funny. It was, it was, uh, interesting four days in Tampa or whatever it yeah. was. It was wild. So, that ends. Tampa cuts you. Mm-hmm. Come back, pick up the oil and gas deal again. Just, well, okay, let's go back to when Tampa cuts you. Okay. Are you like, this is it? I'm done. Yeah, you know, like, you just kind of get to a point where you're like, dang, like, go to one place, you're there for four hours. You fail a physical, you're out. You're yeah. coming back. Yeah. You go up somewhere, think it's a great workout, come back, you know, after a day. They're like, yeah. yeah, it's no, no, no. Yeah. And then, you know, I was at Tampa and like I was getting great opportunities and getting good reps and stuff like that. And yeah. when it was done, I think I just kind of got to my point where I was like, it, it's time to kind of move on. Yeah. It just, that felt like it was the best chance I was going to get at the time. Yeah. And like, I never wanted to go do play like Canadian or anything like that, yeah. which maybe I should have considered it, but I mean, I just, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. So when it just kind of came to a point, I was like, you know, I talked, talked to my family and thought and prayed about it. And we're just like that felt at peace with it. Yeah. And I wasn't at peace, but I was, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done traveling. I'm done I, doing this. I think the, I don't tell me if you experienced this, but I think the worst Part of that is next year mm. when everybody's like starting. Cause I think, I think in August, no matter what age you are, you still yeah. identify as a football player. Yeah. If, you, if that was a big part of your life. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like going into like camp and you're watching like hard knock. And I think, man, that might've been the year Tampa had hard knocks. Yeah. And so like, I'm watching it and like, I was there with you. Like, I was yeah. with you, dude. Like, what, yeah. what are you doing still there? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. And then, yeah, you, I mean, you play a bunch, a bunch of, against a bunch of dudes, all these games throughout your career. And like, you get to know dudes that are out there and, you know, seeing them play. And yeah, you're like, dang, I, maybe I could have done that. And maybe I'm yeah. right. Right. And then that next year, you're like, oh, oh, th- th- I think that really messes with you that For next sure. year. For sure. I think after that next year, you kind of, you kind of accept it a little more that yeah. it's over and, you know, the what ifs start fading because you're like, well, I already threw a year away. So, like, uh, getting back into this is, you know, we, we, me and Tammany and the kids went to a tree farm the other night to get our Christmas tree. And this young high school kid is like really, really nice, really helpful. And he looked at Barrett. He goes, and Barrett had his Walnut Grove High School football t-shirt on he goes hey man you go to walnut grove he goes yeah he goes you play football I go, he goes yeah he goes what, you know, what grade are you in he goes i'm a freshman he goes oh okay man awesome he's i was like where do you go to school he goes oh, i'm going to mckinney and mckinney was they're like 13th in the in yeah. this nation this year or, or in this 
State or something. They they had an incredible team. Well, they had just lost their playoff game the previous week before. And that, it was the same day. That same day we went and um, earlier that day we had gone and watched Prosper lose to North Crowley at the Star. And, um, and I was just talking to this kid, and I could just see in him – he was a senior, and – I could just see in him that like he doesn't understand it's over for him. Sure. And it's not gonna hit till next year. But God, you could tell that kid loved playing football. Totally. And I was like, God, this is such a short time period. And that's what, you know, last year, you know, when Barrett yeah. tore his ACL, he you know, he was kind of removed from football because he couldn't do anything totally. for so long. Yeah. And he was just like, Hey, I don't wanna I don't think I wanna play football anymore. I'm like, No, bro. I was like, You got four years left of this. Yeah. Like maybe, yeah. you know, if you don't get hurt again, you got four years left right. at best, you know, chances of you being a division one athlete are very slim. So like you're playing Texas high school football. Yeah. So anyways, it's uh, it's uh, in that same day, how many kids on that field for prosper? That was it. Yeah. That was your last it. game, man. See totally. you later. You know, the, the, the flaming Ferris wheel will go on without you. Yeah. So you, you joke about it all the time and you know, dog guys, they're like glory days and stuff like that, but it, it is, it's a, blip on the radar yeah and for a lot of people it's like a massive identity for them and it is well and that's what i that's what i still think like i mean like any august comes around all these emotions and all these feelings start coming back around because it's a it's it is not anywhere near actually going to a real war but it is like (laughs) it is a it's a pretty physically daunting task yeah and, for sure. um, and it uh you know you, you do risk you know body and limb sure. doing it so anyways it's uh i don't know that's just you know so you're done in tampa you make peace with it mm-hmm. come back to dallas or come back go back to oklahoma city or are you in dallas being a lamb <laughs> yeah i was in dallas I was kind of working like southeast corner of Fort Worth. Okay. Rough. So like Crowley, <laughs> Everman, all that st- south of 20? Yeah, yeah. Rough. Okay. Rough. Yeah. And uh, oil and gas kind of trends the wrong direction and falls out. The first people to go are landmen. And yeah, I think like the day before I was getting cut, Jeff calls me again. Hey, you still thinking about real estate? Yeah. I was like, absolutely. So, yeah. Well, when would you like to come in and start? Tomorrow, tomorrow again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kind of laughed, and it just all worked out. I mean, it's a God thing, hundred percent. Yeah, just are you? I think this is right. You're probably the third longest tenured guy at Mercer Company, right? Currently, yeah. I mean, are you? You're ahead of Keenan, right? No, no. I was one behind Keenan. One year behind Keenan. Okay, yeah. so it's me, then Corby, Corby. then Keenan, and then you. Correct. Right. Okay. Correct. Okay. So. All right, so Jay Murr calls you up. Yep. And you're like, okay, put me in coach. <laughs> <Let's do it. laughs> I'm Let's getting fired it. over here anyway. I'm getting, <laughs> we're getting cut over here anyway. job. I'm yeah. ready. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, so get the call. Come on into the old office over in Las Colinas. Yep. And just get going. So did you start at the airport? Yeah, so I was, you know, uh, Sammy had just kind of put in his two weeks notice. Right. Right after I'd started. So I don't think we really had an idea of where I was going to go initially. Mm -hmm. Jeff kind of rumored the Northeast expansion, kind of talked about Richardson and stuff like that. Yeah. Nothing really decided. And then Sammy was like, I'm leaving. And um, 
that's where he just kind of plugged me in. So yeah, inherited a, a good little database and definitely a great spot to just dive in super dense industrial and yeah, get after it. So North Airport, good, better, and different. Mm. You could almost make the argument kind of not really our kind of territory because of the amount of institutional sure. in there. Um, now, you can rip off some tenant reps in there. Yeah. But the, the leasing side of things is pretty tough. Yeah. There's, and there's just fewer owner users in there. So 100%. So that that is the challenge of that market, not having an alphabet business card, the JLL, CBREs of the right. world, you know. But uh, so you and you and I started kind of just chasing some bigger tenant rep deals in yeah. there together. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I don't know that we really got traction on any. I mean, we got kind of somewhere with some people, but golly, they just we were definitely like whale hunting. Yeah, some of that stuff. Yeah, you know, we we knew we would only look at things like over a hundred thousand feet. It, it, I, that's what I would go look at with you. Is yeah, anything like that. So that and locally owned guys, right? So we we targeted. I don't know, maybe 60 or 70 tenants. And we're yeah. like, hey, this is yeah. potentially winnable stuff. Let's go make five calls a week or whatever yeah. it may be mm-hmm. and try and go get some traction there. And then eventually one day we just said, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go to Brook Hollow. Let's go to Brook Hollow. Uh, so yep. I was already in Brook Hollow, you know, several tours of duty under my belt. And so then you come in and 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 we, we start, you know, tearing it up. And yeah. um, that was about the time when I'd say like all these capital companies started showing up and yeah, capital, equity, capital, infill, urban core, last mile, last mile. Yep. You know, we sit in the ivory tower. Um, <laughs> they started going through us. This will only get worse, folks, yeah. as longer this goes. <laughs> um, so uh, we start tearing it up down there for several, I don't even know when we started 18, 17. I think it was the end of 17 maybe. Because I think it was about two years in the airport. Yeah. And then dipped. Mm -hmm. So we're tearing up Brook Hollow. Um, This is when I would say all these capital companies started showing up and they're like, we've raised a billion dollars. Billion, 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 billion. And um, cool. I would say we didn't really do a lot of business with those people mm-hmm. until we really got in tight with Romy at that point with yeah. Cantex. And um, it was definitely the first one we did was Cantex. I think it was their first one in there also. Yeah. I mean, I think we, I would say their first real portfolio, I would say you and I probably sold them and leased. Yeah. 70%. It was about a 650,000 foot portfolio they took out. I bet we were 70% of it. No, we had a good chunk of the Brook Hollow stuff in that portfolio. At least. And we had Fort Worth, too. And we did Beach oh, Street. Yeah, that's right. Beach. That's right. That was a 100,000 foot deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we, I mean, when, once Romy came on the picture, it totally changed the trajectory of, of our entire model. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, the, you know, I remember. I met with this guy. He's with a capital group, and and uh, and he. This was kind of when I was transitioning more to the matador side of things. But he he asked me. He's like, you know, and I'm meeting with him in his office in Old Parkland. 
And he asked me, he goes, why do you think Romy sees more deals than I do? I go, Romy offices in the fucking market he wants yeah. to own. I go, you know how many times I just go over there and heat my lunch up and eat it and sell him a building? <laughs> I go, yeah. you're in old Parkland. Do you know how intimidating that is yeah. for an industrial broker? Like, Yeah, not going there. I, I mean, old Park. Have you ever been to old Parkland? Is that the... Is that the one like on uh, Oaklawn? Oaklawn and, it's like where Oaklawn the old bush. The it's like, like the Illuminati. Yeah, I think I went to like a wedding there, and I was just blown away. It's like the Illuminati. Okay, it really is. It's like you're probably not going over there. No. Yeah. And so I was like, I go, you're over here. He's literally sitting in the epicenter of what he wants to own. Yeah. I thought that was genius of him. You know, he didn't care. It's funny. You know, Romy actually. Moved in. His first office was Mercer Company's previous first office. That's right. Mercer Company opened in that building. Yeah. We were right behind where he was, but in that complex, you know. So a lot of great real estate is coming out of that little flex park over there on Empire Central. (laughs) It's been pretty good. um, But I told him, I was like, I go, look, man, I can go over there, Romy, take him a deal. We can chop it up in two seconds and I can go back to the owner. I can drive right back around the corner of the owner and get this thing done. Yeah. I go, Unless you're willing to do that, you don't have a competitive advantage. He's going to kick your ass every time, yeah. you know? And um, along with that was just the smoothness of the transaction. Oh, just, it was easy. Hey, it was very easy. Here you go. Here we go. Here we do it. See it. at closing. Take this back to him. Got it. We'll be back. I mean, uh, we can yeah. literally just drive back and forth between someone's office and yeah. and between Romy's office and the and the seller's office and boom, 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 boom. And, and Romy gave us a lot of opportunities to buy on the deals with them. And that was, that was really uh, gracious of him to do that right. and uh, uh, taught us a lot. And, you know, it's funny. I remember the first time Romy called me and he was like, hey, man, I, I want to buy buildings. And I was like, mm-hmm. get in line, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I went and met with him at his law office and I was like, yeah, whatever. But I think you like really kind of, he got a hold of you and you sold him around. You got him on round table. Yeah. And then that, that, that kind of really spurred that relationship from there. Yeah. So he wanted to buy 1151 Empire. Right. He wanted to write right, that. Right, right. And I was, I think you were like, no, you need to sell it to a user. You need to sell it to a user. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's get real. Yeah. And we did have a, like a price threshold that our seller needed and, kind of on that. Well, and, so, and, and that was, you know, that was an interesting time in the market when we listened to that. That was, that was when, man, the things started going up yeah. and to the right, but it was at the very beginning. Totally. And it was, I remember that listing presentation. We're sitting in there and you go, He's like, what would you list this at? I go, well, your buildings were low 70s a foot today. Yep. I go, but by the time we list it and market it, it's going to be worth like 83. Yeah. So we better just jump it. So I think we listed at 85 and we transacted at 80. Yeah. I kind of remember that 80 number being. Yeah. Kind of it, was, it was, it had an eight in front of it, which at the time was like, we're setting some big. records, that's you know? Big. Yeah. I don't remember who it was, but there was a, another broker that spent some time down there and he called me and he said, what are you asking for? I go, 85. He just laughed at me. Yeah. Well, we got <laughs> it. Thank you. Yeah. No, David Gwynn showed up with somebody. <laughs> yeah, <old Gwen. laughs> Made it work. <laughs> so, Made it work. Um, yes, we spun that off though and Romy's like, well, do you have anything else? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I got, if you look down this governor's row at the end of the street, we Jeff Van Y, Whip. Yep. 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 So, and he had a tenant in tow, right? He had TJ in tow. Romy had TJ in tow, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that worked out. And mm-hmm. then we leased the other side, and we got a listing 
from Jason and Larry Mosier for the lot next oh, yeah. door. That's right. We did. So Yeah, that was that was kind of it. so that's a so so people that are listening to understand this, this is kind of an interesting concept, but I think kudos to Jason and totally. his and his dad for recognizing yeah. this that uh we had a listing. Jason owned an adjacent lot. Really nice lot, like fenced, paved, all these things. Well, it actually added a ton of value to the adjacent building if you could put it all together. Right. And then instead of Jason listing it, he called us and was like, hey, we want y'all to list it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and Jason was probably our top competitor down there at the no time. Doubt. And, um, but, you know, but, you know, he... He's like, y'all are the best fit for this. So totally. um, so we listed it for him, then we ended up leasing it. Yeah. And it, I mean, uh, and it made the deal. It, that's it, that's what made the deal for that tenant. That tenant needed that parking requirements. Honestly, what made the deal from a sale and lease perspective, because if you look at that building without that lot, it's not a multi-tenant building because no. your loading's not there. No, it's not. It's all on the other side. So we had to take the fence down, cut it, cut a concrete drive into it, but, it, but we, we married it and made it work. Yeah. And um, so... That, that, that was the first building we sold, Romy, right? Uh, yeah, that was it. And then it was, yeah, you know. That's where it got going. Yeah. And so, um, anyways, it, it took off from there. I want to talk about probably the most badass real estate deal of all time. And I'll put it up against anybody's fucking real estate deal that we did. And that's the Mary Kay deal. Yeah. 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 I'd love to do another one of those. <laughs> that was awesome. That was That's that fun. was crazy. So you call me one day and you're like, dude, I'm on Carpenter <laughs> oh Freeway God. right now, and there's this guy standing in front of our I don't even remember what do we have I think we have one of Brian Rathy's buildings listed. It was, uh, John, it was it was seventy nine hundred John Carpenter or eighty eight Fosad. Okay. Okay. So he yeah. calls us and is like, Hey, I'm standing in front of this building. I want to buy industrial down here. Yeah. And we're like, Okay. And you're like Hey, this guy's kind of for real. He's not, it didn't seem like a fund or anything. He was just a guy. Yeah. And, um, is this guy named Gerard Keating. And (laughs) yeah. So I run down there and we go throw him in a bunch of buildings. He was, he's a former broker. Mm -hmm. Like I would have loved to see him as a broker. I bet he was a fucking animal. He was probably mad dog for sure. And, uh, this guy's from Nebraska. Awesome dude. He, uh, but he was like, I want to buy something big. And I was like, dude, there ain't nothing big down here. There's probably 10 buildings above 100,000 feet down here. And um, But that was, at the time, the Mary Kay plant on Regal Row. Humanetics had purchased it, and Mary Kay was leasing it back with the intent to move out of it, and Humanetics had the intention to move into it. I had had a relationship with Humanetics from the metal manufacturing days and Robert Hasty, the president of that, he was always a very gracious guy with me and would always just, you know, even though I was a competitor of his, I was a lot smaller, but he would always give me a lot of just advice and all that stuff. And, and he, uh, so I was like, well, I know they're not using the annex right. building and, um, and the annex building was 135, 32 or 36. Yeah. Yeah. 100, 100 something, 30 something thousand feet. And, uh, I was like, I know they're not going to use that. And, um, maybe they'll sell it. And so, I reached out to Robert and I was like, Hey man, are you going to lease that? And he goes, yeah. I go, well, can I interview for it? And he's like, well, no, my Bill De La Chappelle's my guy. And I said, okay, cool. Well, you want to sell it? And he goes, no, I go, well, were you looking at an unsolicited offer? And it's sure. So you and I submitted him an offer 
65 bucks a foot. Yeah, sounds right. And um, they got pretty interested. Real quick. Yeah. And so we end up getting it under contract. Well, and, you know, I guess I credit Gerard for this. He lit a fire. Man, he fucking wore us out. (laughs) But it worked. It worked. So what he did... And uh, it's funny now being on my side of things where I do I do the same thing now to people, you yeah. know, all my listing brokers. I call them every Monday and I'm like, what's mm-hmm. going on? They're like, uh, 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 let me make up some stuff that happened last week. <laughs> A lot of promising things going yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's looking great. <laughs> so, um, but he was like, I ain't closing. I'm not closing unless you find me a tenant. I'm not taking the risk. And, and this was like, it might have been like a 45-day look. Yeah. 15. This it was, was like not, day it was not, 20. Yeah. It yeah. Was he like, like, it's like his personality flipped. Yeah. He was and, like, uh, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And then he wasn't. He's mm-hmm. like, I just can't, I can't close this unless. I don't, if I don't have a tenant, I ain't doing this. I ain't doing this if I don't have a tenant. I, you, you better find me a tenant. Mm. So, damned if you didn't go fucking run up in the Lone Star Electric and, and find it. I mean, we were out pounding it. And um, yeah. you know what's, what's funny about all that? So you and I sit down, we're like, okay, who's the top brokers that can bring 130,000 foot tenant to Brook Hollow, you know, and uh, achieve the rates that we told this guy that we think this thing leases for and all that stuff. The first call I made was Mark Miller. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you... You probably got something yeah, for this. Agreed. And uh, he's like, no, don't have anybody for that. Okay, cool. So I'm just saying that because this comes up later in the story. Yeah. So Turner runs up in uh, Lone Star and um, they're like, we want that damn thing. I knew, I mean, also like your familiarity with the tenants and, and the needs and, you know, mm-hmm. our list of guys that we know are looking like, you know, what they want. Yeah. And I knew what they wanted, yeah. but it just didn't exist in Brook Hollow. Right. And when we got this, I mean, it, it was like one call and done. It's yeah. like this, if, if somebody in here is going to take this down, it's right here. Yeah. And so I go and I might've been like around lunchtime or something like that. Yeah. And I, I knew what the dude at Lone Star drove. I knew it wasn't there, but I just went and, Sat in the parking lot for like two hours since they showed up and bombarded him in the truck court. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got to talk, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we started getting engaged with Lone Star. We get him a lease proposal. Mm-hmm. We get in a proposal with him. We have a big kumbaya oh, meeting wow. with him on the way into it. And we get the lease. We get the lease rolling. And then they have a guy out of Houston that's like their president or something. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he, he calls me and he's like, well, um, you know, I don't have a broker on this. I go, yeah. Okay. He goes, well, I think I need to bring someone in. I go, cool. He goes, you have a problem with that? I go, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. He goes, why? I go, because I brought you the deal yeah. that you need. I go, and if you want to do this, you'll never see anything from us again. Yeah. I go, don't punish me. Don't punish Turner for hitting home runs. Like, we did this. Yeah. I And so, I go, if you want to bring someone in, you're paying them. I ain't paying them. Yep. 
So you know who they brought in? Their broker, Mark Miller. Mr. Miller. Uh, I never told them this, but I was like, I called your guy first. And I love Mark. Don't don't take this as a slide. No. Mark is one of the yeah. top motherfuckers. Like, I love yeah. him. He's awesome. But they didn't know that. I, I think at the end of the day, they didn't know they were looking until they found this. Yeah. And we brought it to them. And that's the kind of the nuance of brokerage, right? Like, uh, you know, you think someone's your client until another broker brings them something you didn't. For sure. And then guess what? The knife comes out. Yeah. It's very rare that you have the control where they're like, call this guy. Yeah, this is my guy. No. They will step over you like a dead body in the street (laughs) and uh, go right on to the next thing. So. So, uh, so they agreed to that. So they brought, I was like, Hey, they're like, Hey, we're gonna bring Mark Miller. And I go, mm-hmm. hell yeah. I yeah. love that. I go, but I ain't paying him. Yeah. And, uh, they're like, cool. We got it. We'll pay him. Yeah. And so I, I, lo- I was like, I felt great about that. I was like, I was, if you bring Mark in, turn around, we'll get this done. Cause Mark's exactly. Mark is a deal maker. He, you know? he, I mean, in those size of transactions too, it's, it's oh, like, yeah. I mean, we probably made that deal a lot to Mark's credit. Yeah. You know, just being on the other side and coaching them through it. And so, uh, they, uh, so anyways, we get this deal agreed to, we close the building and sign the lease the same day. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a, and direct, and we charged a full, full tenant rep and landlord rep fee for that commission. It was a, it was a good day. I think we went straight to Javier's. Yeah, we did. And we ran into Bill Dillard. Yeah, and he was there. He was there celebrating as well. Yeah, and um, so that was that. That was called like literally call it playing chess and checkers all at the same time across the street. I mean, we literally grabbed a tenant on Regal Row, leased him a building five buildings down on Regal Row. That I call that probably one of the greatest transactions. That's probably the greatest transaction I've ever done. You know, uh, certainly for me. Yeah. And, um, that, uh, we learned a lot on that. We, we tried to sell the rest of the plant to Gerard and then he just got nervous and dropped it. And, um, we had him under contract on that office building too, at the end of the block, the gold office building. Oh, I, for- I forgot about that. Boy, he better be glad he didn't buy that cool. thing. The thing is just a Turtle. tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it wasn't your pitch to sell to Trump Towers. It's gold, <laughs> right? Right. And so um, we sell we sell that building to him. I'll tell you the big scam in that whole deal belonged to the city of Dallas. Yeah, that- city of Dallas scammed everybody in that deal in a way. And l- let's talk about that. So this the Mary Kay facility is located in a little triangle where they are putting the brand new Salvation Army site. And that Salvation Army site, it's, it's, it's a homeless encampment. It's, it, it's, it's a nice homeless encampment is what it is. And um, not not dissing the Salvation Army and the work that they do, but that's what it is. So adjacent owners are going to be concerned about the amount of traffic of homelessness that come to that. And so they, they throw a big fit in the city about this. And the city, to appease this triangle, says, hey, we're going we're gonna to deem this an empowerment zone. Yes, and um, we'll give you a 10-year tax abatement if you spend $250,000. 
up to 250,000, something like that. They had this deck on it and everything. So yeah. I was like, hey, this is a real thing. And we had we had to spend like 1.3 yeah. million to make the, the Lone Star deal on a tenant improvement because the facility had no office. So we had to build yeah, out the sure. offices for them. And so. And the and it was bringing, it was like bring 10 jobs to the yeah, triangle. It, it was, was nothing. Very, it was very, the hurdles to meet it, we 10X'd them. Well, yeah. Me and Mark Miller go down to the city and meet with this guy named Courtney Pogue, I believe. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we all go down there and, you know, they pretty much just denied it. And they had no back. It was just, ah, you know, sorry. I don't know why you don't qualify, but you don't. Yeah. And um, that was kind of unfortunate. It didn't really sideline anything, yeah. but it was just. It was some bullshit politics. Yeah. I, and um, I'll tell you something funny. I don't know if you know this, but, you know, I don't know if he completely got it or not, but uh, Shoal Creek and Jack's building that development right mm-hmm. there. And I was having lunch with Jack one day and I go, well, you know about the empowerment zone, don't you? He goes, what? Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah. If you're building a building over there, you get a tax payment. And he went to work on it. And I think he got it. I think he got it, but I think he had to do some. Yeah wild acrobatics to do it so um I mean, he's building on it practically so. oh yeah yeah so I, he's got to be the first though totally so i hope he did i hope he skinned the city because they so. deserved it too and so um anyways th- but that was that was part of that hurdle but i think a big thing in my mind and the shift in my career was also that deal because <laughs> I, we were at the ranch i remember this when this happened it was during covid Pick up of those. Gerard gets scared during COVID. Yeah. And he says, oh, yeah. And he says, uh, calls, he sends Lone Star an email and says, the price that you're paying in rent is equivalent to your mortgage payment with where interest rates are today. Would you like to buy the building at this number? It's like 105 a foot. Yeah. And, um, they agreed to it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think we had any, we didn't have any rights to a commission past then, but like, I think it was any unearned or unamortized or whatever it was at the time of the lease, which kind of, yeah, it, it, it kind of, it, it washed itself yeah. out. It, and so, <laughs> I got made like five million fucking dollars in like <laughs> 18 months. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and you know what he had? Money. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck this. I'm figuring out how to get money. Yeah. And um, so that was that was a big realization for me. I was like, they need us. Yeah. We don't need them. We need money. You yeah. know? And, uh, but, but that's how brokerage is. That's what we signed up for. We made a great fee on it. And, yeah. um, you know, we did what we did. And, and uh, so that's kind of, that was part of my mind shifting to go to that trajectory and that's why I eventually gave you my shoes one day. <laughs> Drop some worn off shoes on my desk. So, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what that is, people, is uh, I had my dress shoes for my suit, and I tied them together and dropped them on Turner's desk one day, and I said, it's all yours, bro. I'm going to go buy buildings. <laughs> call me when you got something for me to buy. Yeah. Call me when you got a building to buy. <laughs> so... So anyways, that's kind of the summary of 
probably one of the greatest real estate deals of all time, in my opinion. I'm sure someone's done a better one. Our biased opinion. Yeah. But maybe a little unbiased. Maybe. I don't know. Pretty damn good. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> we, were well, on the, we were on the bus with everybody when we found out it, it was happening. Oh, yeah. It's a, so obnoxious. Our Brook Hollow so bus. Excited. <laughs> yeah, we threw a we threw a Brook Hollow bus tour. Yeah, and we got Pro Lodges and Stone Lake yeah. and ML and all those guys to sponsor it. Yeah, it was more of just like a drinking tour at the time. Yeah, it was like it's a pretty close knit group of Brook Hollow guys, like brokerage wise. Yeah, it's like, you know, well, that's where you get along with everybody. So it was an excuse for us to go hang out and. Yeah, drink. well, and they would they would have these bus tours, and they they have these bus tours, but it's only institutional stuff. Totally, like South Dallas Airport, a million mm-hmm. square feet. I remember, Cannon Schultz put out earlier this year, or I think it was earlier this year. It's like, say South Dallas bus tour. I go, uh oh, <laughs> gotta start advertising. <laughs> Shit ain't easy no more on the leasing side. So he's like, no, no, activity's great, and then like South Dallas is like a fucking hole right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's funny that was that was a we looked at Prologis' big beauty on the ambassador and I think at the time we were listing uh, 8319 Chancellor yeah (laughs) yeah Come walk this 12-foot clear. Y'all want to see a 12-foot clear piece of shit? <laughs> the copper's been stripped out of four times. Yeah. We got fired from that list thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that in general. Like, I don't think, you know, the sentiment of brokers sometimes is very, very bad. And I don't think a lot. I mean, like, on the industrial side, like, I'm sorry, office brokers, for the most part, you probably got it pretty easy if you got a good, clean space. But like, man, industrial, I remember during COVID, they were, everybody starts doing virtual tours of their mm-hmm. building and these pictures. And even the institutional people's buildings still look like shit on camera because it's just that it's a warehouse, right? Yeah. So, but, you know, institutional people do a great job of like getting their, uh, getting their space cleaned up and presentable yeah. and then doing all those things. And, you know, the difference is, is the listing broker doesn't have to do those things. And when, you know, the more boutique brokers like we are, it, do you literally have to be the GC property manager and all this stuff all at one time? They expect you to do it because they yeah. just, and this is a listing we had. It had a lot of challenges being the fact that it was already just 12 foot clear. And then the guy would not put a dime in the, no. we, you know, the, the most frustrating thing for a broker is like, what, Hey, here's what should we do? This, 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 and this. That that'll help me win. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. And throw in the trash. They don't do it, and then they call you six months later and go, "Why haven't you leased my building?" Well, I don't know. Toilets smell like shit, and you know I can't even turn the lights on because some meth head ripped your power out of your building. And like, I mean, what do you want me to do, man? Yeah, there's a homeless encampment at the back of the building. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> you know, I mean. Am I supposed to clean this up? Like, I don't, you know, I thought you wanted me to go find a person for your building. And um, I don't know. It's um, so what's your what's your worst knife knife in the back story? You know, that one. That one really is like a, a. our memory I ha- that I can really think of. I mean, if we sat here for a couple more hours, we'd probably have a hundred of them. But that one, just because we literally 
gave them the recipe to sell it and they told us no do it anyways do it as it is and got hit by copper thieves then the subsurface pump plumbing uh exploded yeah you know gallons of water gushing out of the dock, dock doors yeah i forgot about that uh, i remember where i was when i got fired I by did. listing i was oh, yeah. literally on i-30 heading into downtown eastbound and i got that email and i remember i just picked up the phone call you where i was like man fuck these people man like seriously yeah like I think you're like, well, you're going to pay me a construction management, or you're going to give me some kind of a fee or something like that. Yeah, I was like, you need I've to pay everything. me something. We we've like literally ran this project because then this investor that owned it was out of California, yeah. and I was like, or give me all your equities names because you failed. <laughs> that, yeah, that one was bad. That one was pretty bad. It, it was, and then you know they're calling you for your expert advice. Mm-hmm. You know what what. Now what's it worth? Now what's it worth? What's it worth? And we're like, dude, it's been worth $40 a foot or $30 a foot or whatever it was. Yeah. It was worth the offers we got you. Yeah. We got you three offers at this. Yeah. The market told us what it's worth, no matter what you think in your mind. So that's an interesting thing, right? Like sellers don't necessarily believe the market. And at the end of the day, the market is what the offers are. Yeah, totally. This is what it is, man. Like, yeah, it's not. There's a bid and there's an ask, and the bid and the ask come to a certain point, and then when they come to a point, that's the market. It's yeah. not what the dude down the street sold his building for. And the other thing is too is you got to realize these buildings that we sell, they are not like selling a three two in Bedford. No, they're not cookie cutters. They're not cookie cutters. They no. all have different features, different loading, different power, different clear heights, different compartmentalization within the building for certain things that work for some people that don't work for others. And I, I don't know, it's, it, um, I don't know where I'm really actually going with this, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it, it, well, 160 foot here is not 160 foot here or, or 70 foot a foot here. Cause it's yeah. two buildings down is not 70 bucks a foot here. No. Just, and, but, but that number in their head, once they hear that oftentimes it's, well, this is what I should get too. Well, the interesting thing to me is that they we make the you make these calls on these people and you demonstrate that you are the market leader for those things, and um, and at the end of the day, they they tell you what to do. Yeah, they hire you for your expertise and guidance, and then they tell you what to do. Yep. It, it's that's stupid. It. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it, that's what it is. Tell me what you think. Uh, okay, cool. Cool. Well, here's what, what I think. think. <laughs> cool. All right. Guess which one we're going to do. Yeah. It's funny. The um, I was in your office on Monday, I think. And I, yeah. No, two Mondays ago. Yeah. And I told you about that property that was coming vacant, yeah, right? Yeah. So we tour your group through there. I get another group through there and I leased that building previously. And yeah. I get the guy that leased it previously that's with another group now to go through there again and make a proposal. And I'm like, hey man, you should you should give Mercer Company a shot on this listing. We leased it for you last time. Yeah. No, 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 no. You, uh, I'm talking to so-and-so yeah. over here and I'm like, we're always, I go, we're, uh, so why am I the bridesmaid? It's literally what I texted him. I go, why am I your bridesmaid? Oh, no, you're number one right now. I was like, well, sure. And then he, so anyways, 
I turn that second group through there, get them through there. They want a proposal on it. I get them a proposal. And he goes, hey, should I hold off on putting the building on the market? I go, no. Why would you do that? Yeah, no. Okay, well, I'm going to get it listed. I'm like, and I'm listening with those guys. I asked him before that. I go, how many tours have you had? He goes, well, none. Only the ones you've brought. I was like, oh. Hmm. I called you about it initially for someone else. Then I told someone else about it within our office. They brought a user. Then I brought another user. So we're three reps in almost on this thing. But you're going to hire the guys that don't even work this market. Yeah. So what would you always call guys? Uh, like in Brooklyn, you'd call them and be like, oh, no, I use this guy or I use this guy. And you go, oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm always interviewing for runner up or whatever it was. You just. I'm always auditioning for second place. Second place, something like that. Yep. And that happens sometimes. You can it show does. up for second place and, you know, the bridesmaid turns into the bride. Yeah. But <laughs> vegetable break. But I think some people think that the fees we make are ridiculous. Sure. But Mercer Company's hiring if you think you can do it. <laughs> Always hiring. <laughs> <laughs> So, what do you think the biggest challenge for you has been as a broker? Um, you know, I, it's probably just that that grind of going back into the building that, you know, you've been in and been told to F off probably 20, 30 times. And yeah. you know that guy's sitting behind that desk or that wall. Yeah. You're going to go around and he's already ripped up your business card and throw it in your face. And, yeah. You know. And just getting up and doing it again next month. You know? Yeah. Hey, well, okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's probably what, you know, more, more often than anybody, or more often than not, anybody would say yeah. what we do. It's, you know, it's that rejection, which, you know, doesn't really mean much to any of us. It yeah. can't, but yeah. it, it's still, you know, it's still, uh, I got to go call on this guy again, you know. I think on top of it too, you have a gatekeeper there that, yeah, you're like, come she's kind of shit. They usually <laughs> shit all over you too. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a double whammy. I mean, that was Lone Star. Like I couldn't ever get through that gatekeeper. Yeah, but you did. Yeah, because I waited in the parking lot. So I didn't well, have to deal with her. <laughs> build a better mousetrap. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> well, I think that's what brokering teaches you. Though. It teaches you to be very creative. It yeah. teaches you to. I've always kind of said that I think brokering is. You're building a puzzle, and while you're building this puzzle, you're playing chess over here. You're playing a checkers game right here, and you're holding five cards and playing poker yeah. right here. Mm -hmm. And and you're and you're trying to like be like, but, but the, all these games are interchangeable. You know, it's like okay, I'm just building. I'm working on this little farm right here, building all this together. I'm gonna hop this guy over here, and then I got to negotiate with this guy over here. And then sometimes I'm going to walk next door and just knock it out, yeah. you know? And, um, and, uh, that's the way it's always looked like to me. And, um, I don't know. I think it's, it's a, it's a hard road. It's a long, it's a long way to the top. If you want to rock and roll in that industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For so, sure. So, you know, I think, I think another thing people don't realize and, you know, I'll probably catch some shit for this, but <laughs> I think that I think brokers in Dallas are like we were talking about this before we started. Oh, this yeah. Will you know? I mean, Will was sitting here just telling you like brokers here in Dallas are like the NFL. 
Like, I mean, there's some damn good brokers. I think if you can broker here, you can broker here in New York City. I think past that, it's the. I, I think I think Dallas brokerage is up there with New York, L.A. I guess Chicago. I don't really know what I think about Chicago, but like New York, L.A., Dallas. Your bigger markets for sure. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, Dallas seems almost saturated with top dudes. Yeah, in any market, it is. You know, so it's yeah, it's it's extremely competitive, but you know, can be very rewarding as well. It can. Yeah. It can be very rewarding. Yeah. Well, what do you think 2024 looks like? I don't think it's, I don't see the bloodletting starting to happen. I feel like, I, I feel like any so. bloodletting that's happened has happened. And like, okay, we're coming off the building 20 bucks a foot or whatever. Yeah. I, I feel like I've seen that, you yeah. know, but I, I, I'm not sounding the alarm by any means or anything like that. Yeah. You know, I don't think we're getting flash sales or Brook Hollows going back to $60 a foot anytime soon or anything like that. Are you right? I think so. So I think their prices will come down a bit. I don't think they will ever dip into the realms that they were. No. But like on your, like, like what about your tenant rep business? Like, what are you seeing with tenant rep? Well, I mean, honestly, are you starting? To, are you starting to get any more concessions on industrial, or is there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I don't know that I can say it's shifted totally from what has been a landlord's market to a tenant market, mm -hmm. but you know, in more recent proposals and, and stuff that we're getting back, you know, on renewals where some guys, you know, like Prologis, like you don't get free rent on a renewal anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's deals where you're getting multiple months on a five-year renewal. Yeah. So ProLogis is giving that now, you think? Um, sure, we'll get sued for this. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe we'll talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty big. <laughs> no, I mean, but I mean, like, other institutional groups, you know, like uh, Heinz. Heinz, we were able to get some free rent on a three-year deal even and, you know, get some concession on yeah, the rate. Yeah, you just completed a deal in Wood Trade Center, right? Yeah. You just did one, yeah. Yeah, we did that and you know, and also, you know, you, you, when the deal points change down the road, sometimes landlords will throw it out the window, but they didn't, which did they move them. the goalpost on you? That's what I've seen on a couple of deals is yeah. like the goalpost is ever moving with institutional landlords. Yeah. That happens. That's so fucking frustrating. <laughs> it's terrible. It is. Yeah. No, it's, but yeah, to, you know, there's, become, you know, if you look at our availables in Brook Hall right now, and you look at just like 15 to 30, mm -hmm. which is predominantly the user market down there. Yeah. We've got more options than I've like seen that are like actually available. Not like, hey, this would, one's coming up would, or like it's actually could be available. Totally. Like it's, you've actually got that so, vacant. Or, so leasing, you, you know, what's funny is now that I buy all these buildings, I don't really buy in Brook Hollow. And that was like home base. That was my sandbox. Yeah. It, it, but don't you think that might be part of it? It's like, dude, I was selling stuff for 25 a foot. Right. Well, it, it, it yeah. is. It is. It's like, I can't mentally do can't that, that. Do that. I get it. So that, that, that's tough, right? Totally. But, um, but it's such a good product. That's the other tough part. It's like, man, it, it is. I'd love but to get in there. I, you know, the other side of it is too, it's like, 
Romy wants to own all that and like, you know what, man? This bump, bro. Yeah. It's all used. I'll go somewhere else. There's enough buildings to go buy. There's a lot of buildings. <laughs> There's a lot of buildings. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, we talk, I mean, you know, I talk about it all the time pretty regularly where it's yeah. like, man, that was like, you were going from like, you know, taking this guy on chance or to sovereign, sovereign to whatever diplomacy mm-hmm. or you were just shuffling pieces on a board. Yeah. These users. Yeah. You know, Joe Schmo would move every four or five years because right. his business model would change or he'd grow. And now it's like everybody's, it's it's not as much of a owner user market anymore. Yeah. So everybody getting acclimated to these now institutional ownership or, you know. I think my biggest aversion to it is I think that the institutional owner that buys down there doesn't understand the demographic. Yeah. Totally. Because they will. So I think here's the problem. Here's the dislocation of it, of that market. Institutional buyer needs to put out capital. Okay. Well, tenants at lease space is probably 20, maybe 25,000 feet and under. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get past 25,000 feet, can I got a real business? They want to own it. They want to own it. Yeah. To a certain point i feel like i think to about seventy thousand yeah, feet sure so i think that the majority of buildings in brook hall are probably 25 to seventy thousand totally. feet so 25 to seventy thousand feet is the owner entrepreneur probably lives in the park cities and you know what doesn't want to pay the man yeah well where does cap capital need to play not in a twenty thousand foot building that's not even worth starting the engine so they buy all these buildings in the 25 to 70,000 foot range and they can't lease them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of buildings for lease down there right now like that. That kind of happened with Design District. Design District sold a bunch of buildings then they tried to lease them for 15 bucks. Yeah. Dude, I looked at things in 2021. You know what the vacancy rate on Design District was? Mm. 15%. Redbird was not at fifty, not at fifteen percent during the great financial crisis. When you could buy buildings in Redbird for fifteen to twenty bucks a foot, <laughs> gosh, yeah, it's wild. I, I don't know. I, be careful on the leasing assignments you take. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. And 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 it's hard, you know. You go in and pitch for some of these. And I'm, you know. I'm getting, I'm getting priced out like on multiple of them. Where that's I'm, okay. You no, know, exactly. Yeah. And and now they're sitting on the market, but I'm, that's kind of the spiel. It's like, I, I don't want to just throw a big number at you to get an assignment. I want to, you're better off not winning it. It's a fool's errand. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, but it's give and take. You're also like, damn, I don't want to lose that listing to a degree, but you, I, I'm with you. Yeah. You've, you've got to be careful on those. I will say this though, as much as we're sitting here bitching about brokers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I never thought I'd be in a business where I could make this much money. It's it's an incredible opportunity for those that are willing to do what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the saving grace to it. Totally. And you know what it is? It's probably 90% of your clients are great and 10% of them screw you. And that just really hurts. Totally. Yeah. But and those are the ones you really remember too. Well, I want to shift to something else because 
we're working on trying to get your call in line for us on this stuff, but <laughs> we only have one football pick this week, and it's the Army Navy game, which you are intimately familiar with. Very, very probably. It's it's easily my first college football memory of a game that I went to. I believe it. so. Your your dad played football for Navy. You right? know, he went to the Naval went Academy. To Naval Academy. Yeah. Okay. He was um, he was a Top Gun like pilot F fourteen. Yeah, like Kenny Loggins. Like when when Nels walks in, Kenny Loggins just starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's him. That's him. Yeah, I, I come from a, a Navy family. You know, my dad's dad was a vice admiral, X fifteen test pilot with Neil Armstrong to name one. You know, wow. he was the dude. That's awesome. You know, and then dad went on, went there, uh, graduate, class of 80, Top Gun pilot, fought in some wars. That's pretty awesome. Pretty badass, for sure. Nels, the general. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, this this one's, this one's really close to home. And it, I mean, been to some pretty badass games in my life. And this one is absolutely up there as like a, I'll go to it every year, no matter where it is, yeah. if I get the chance. Yeah. I would like to go to one one year. I um, must. I um, I had an appointment to West Point. I didn't, I didn't take it, but it was a very compelling pitch. Like, I remember that coach sitting him up at my <laughs> dining room table, and he's, he has like this three-ring binder that's like a three-inch three-ring binder, and he's flipping through all these pictures, and he's like, yeah. Hey, you know what? After your sophomore year, you go to Alabama in the summer. You know what you do in Alabama? I was like, no, what? He goes, you fly Apache helicopters. And I was like, this is kind of cool. But I was like, I'm in the Army. And my mom, I think my mom was all about it because I think she just wanted to say her son went to West Point yeah. or something, right? So it was very, they did. I, I just came to the conclusion that I was like, ah, you can leave at any time, but I can't. Yeah, sure. And, um, Like, I ran the Navy. Well, I mean, we threw the ball a little bit more, but in high school, when I was playing quarterback, we, we ran the triple option. Yeah. And just murdered people with it. You know what's interesting? Navy changes coaches, but they don't change his offensive schemes. Well, Are they required Ken, to run that offensive scheme? <laughs> well, Ken, however you say his last name, the Hawaiian guy, he was there for a while. Mm -hmm. He was there for a long time. Why'd they get rid of them? Like, what, what are they like? Oh, we need to like, we need to like compete for an Astros. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think it's probably like a little bit of a mutual, like, hey, it's it's been a great run. Yeah. You know, maybe, been, yeah. maybe let's get a little breath of fresh air in here. Sure. So, they had, I mean, they had a... But they're running the same offense totally. again. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Because Air Force, like, I don't. I don't follow Air Force as much, but I feel like they throw the ball around a little bit more. Maybe than Army Maybe Navy does. Do. I don't know. I don't know. They're, but yeah, you know, this game's awesome to me. Like I'm, I'm genuinely excited. Where maybe a lot of people are just like, uh, where the, where did you say they're playing this year? This one's in Foxborough, so Patriots. Oh, Gillette. <laughs> we have so we, cool. we have a Gillette story. Yes, this is we pretty do. funny. <laughs> This is pretty funny. So Mercer Company had a, a sales contest, and it was get as many comps as you could. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like cheating, but it's not cheating. You, I won. You did not put it in the fine print. We could not do this. So it was get as many comps as possible. And 
at the time, there was two portfolios selling in Brook Hollow. So I got the OMs with all of the <laughs> comps and the lease expirations. Yeah, it was like comps and lease expirations. Yeah, it was comps and lease expirations. And um, I think it was like, I had like 50 and the next one behind me was like 15. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So, and, the the pri- and the prize was you got tickets to go to the New England Dallas Cowboys game yep. in uh, Foxborough. That was a fun trip. And so you're like, I didn't win, but I'm because we weren't together at the <laughs> yeah, time. It was Brooke Hall. It was yeah, like, we weren't together at the time. I and, think I went to Jeff and I was like, Yeah, hey, I'm, I want I want to go to this. I'm going. And so uh <laughs> so me and Jeff go to Foxborough. Oh man. And uh we stay in the casino and uh we go to the game, we take an Uber there and we hear some wild stories from oh, our Uber man. driver on the way there. I don't think it's I don't think this podcast is rated for that. <laughs> and, wild. <laughs> wild. And then we sit in the freezing rain and watch the Cowboys game. And uh, but it was cool getting to see Brady play at Gillette yes. in the winter. Gillette was cool because it had like all these bars around it, around it. Because there's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. It, it's you think it's in Boston, but it's really it's an hour away from Boston, essentially, yeah, we, or an hour we drive. Out there. And. Um, that was a fun trip. It's funny. I was li- I was literally looking through my photos last night, and I saw that picture of us three, like just sitting there, yeah. like in front of Gillette. And um, that was awesome. That was that was a good game. Uh, going to NFL games at other stadiums. It's something like I want to yeah. do some more of. I haven't really. I, I think that's. I've been to the Raiders game in Las Vegas, and I've been to the Cowboys game. Wait, in New England, that was it. Yeah. And the Raiders game was all time too. Yeah, that's that pretty finished. cool. That was. Um, that was sick. It's funny. We went to the Raiders game last year. When we were in Vegas, and uh, I go downstairs to go buy a Raiders sweatshirt, and uh, I'm standing next to Sin Dog from Cypress Hill <laughs> in line. I was like, "Here, you're Sin Dog," and some other guy recognized him. I was like, "I was like, you sing the rock star song." <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool. So, celebrities okay there. so okay so back to Foxborough yep. this weekend you got the black knights given two and a half to the midshipmen well not only am i not a great gambler i'm also an emotional gambler <laughs> so take one guess where my money's laying oh well, you're going with the midshipmen i am i, I you know i was kind of just digging through the staff because i assumed we were going to talk about this mm-hmm. and there's not only, I mean, there's a lot of riding on this game for both teams. They're both five and six. So, bowl eligibility for either team, whoever wow. wins. Yeah, that's huge. Army, Army's a chance. I'm pretty certain. So, are their bowl games still open for them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because bowl selection was last weekend. Yeah, I'm pretty certain. What I read was there's because I mean they've only played eleven games, right? And so, they will always go to a bowl game if they yeah, qualify. I mean, like you get the military or the armed forces bowl. Or sure. Something like that. I mean, there's there's yeah. something somewhere. Yeah, I'm certain there's one more spot left out. Yeah, but so you got that. If Army wins, they take the commander in chief trophy from Air Force. So they've got that going for them. But so Air Force holds it because they beat both of them last year. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So. Army did kick the shit out of Air Force they this did. year. They did. And Navy lost to them. They did. Unfortunately. <laughs> My money's on the Black Knights. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I, it's like, 
it also like it just doesn't matter in this game. Like a team could be one and it really doesn't. You know the the energy at that game has to be off the chain. It's insane. I was in um, Tammany and I went to New York during Christmas a couple. I don't know five or seven years ago or something. And yeah. the game was at, in New York that year, and it was so cool. Like I didn't realize that the game was there that year. But then we're out that night, and there's so many cadets just walking around New yeah. York and all this stuff. It was I was like, oh, this that's really cool. like they just finished the Army Navy game. That's that's why they're all here, you know. It's yeah. really cool. And um, so well, it'll be interesting. It will. Not, I mean, yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's it's always a, a we mark it on our our calendar as a family. It's well, pretty fun. The Owls were bowl eligible this year. The Owls got a team this year. They, I feel I feel like they. They're a couple plays away from being a little better record than they were. Yeah. I thought that they were a good team. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think they definitely turned it around from where they were a few years ago, it feels like. Yeah. Maybe heading in the right direction. Yeah, it's good to see them get back to a bowl. So they're, they're nothing playing else. in the um S, they're playing in SMU. At SMU, yeah. What is that bowl called? I don't know. I got t- is that Heart of Dallas? That would make a lot of sense, right? That, I, that sounds like it. Who are they playing? Mm, that's bad of me. Dallas first. Oh, first responders bowl. First responders bowl. But still not certain. Oh, uh, uh, Texas State. I knew that. Mm. Yeah, Texas State. Texas State actually had a decent year this year. Yeah, and they came up with it. Yeah. I, are Are you going to go to the, the Rice Bowl game? When is it? What's the day, day after Christmas? Day after Christmas, twenty yeah. sixth. Oh, might be. It, it, I know we're going to be in Graham for Christmas Day, so it's a definite. Maybe. Jeffrey, Jeffrey wants to roll back to D town, uh, although we might be hog hunting. Got a thermal. It's always Come a in. TV. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I might. It, it, it's okay. Texan the Independence Bowl. That's the. So we played in my last year. I so so the only bowl game I got to go to and play, or I didn't play in it, but I was saddled up for it. <laughs> it was the Independence Bowl. Yeah. It was funny. It's so funny. I went to my chiropractor yesterday and he goes, he goes, did y'all make a ball? I go, yeah, Independence Bowl. He goes, I went to the Independence Bowl one time. It was Notre Dame and LSU. I was like, I got a funny story about that. <laughs> I go, so you went to the Independence Bowl in 1997, didn't you? He goes, yeah. I go, well, we went in 1998. And so when we went to the Independence Bowl, I was too young to go to the casinos. So we took our PDM and just threw dice in the hotel room. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. But the older, so we're at practice the next day and the older players were there and they're like, yeah, we went to the casino last night. We were sitting at the table and someone goes, hey, who's playing in the Independence Bowl this year? <laughs> someone goes, it's Texas Tech and Old Miss. And someone goes, wasn't it Notre Dame and LSU last <laughs> year? It. And they go, yeah. They go, man, this bowl's really falling off. Dang it. <laughs> uh, that's I was thinking that was uh, we were the Liberty Bowl my last year. I was thinking Shreveport, Memphis. Yeah, Shreveport's yeah. Independence, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a gross town. Oof. Sorry, Shreveport. Sorry, Shreveport. <laughs> I remember we had a um, we had a bus that would take us on a run to a restaurant if we want to go to a restaurant. And my old roommate Paul, he ordered some uh, bread pudding. And they didn't bring it in time, so they gave it to him to go. And we get on the bus, and he takes one bite, and they poured vinegar all in it. <laughs> he was like, hey, taste this. Oh. I was like, <laughs> just throw it out the window. 
(laughs) No chance. Well, yeah. So it's a light college football weekend, but bowl season's coming up. Well, I think we just bring this thing home, but very fun. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears we've we've done together on the on the brokerage battlefield. Fun to reminisce, absolutely. Um, so it's been fun. I'm a little, little. I'm feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> Definitely. So well, TP. Cheers, cheers. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks we'll for having me again soon. Of course, probably regular guest during football season. <laughs> so. Anyways, thank you for coming. Yep, thank you.